Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Warning, this podcast discusses difficult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Avrin, and this is Rom Crime. The word vigilante is complex. It can seem black and white. But today, we aim to take you into the gray. Well, hello. Hi. How's it going? Oh, you know. Hi, everybody out there in the <gasps> in the uh, podcasting universe. Yes. In the world of stories, audio, I don't know what I'm trying to, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'm just imagining right now people listening. Like in, when we first started, we started pre-pandemic. Yep. I think people like to call it the be- before time. The before time. And we, most of our listeners listened on their commutes. Yeah. And people are not commuting, really. No. Not that I know of. And if you're commuting right now, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm an asshole. No, I mean, also... still commuting. Yeah, I mean, people are definitely still commuting, but I think way less. I, I envision it as like somebody taking their headphones and running away from their family to take a quick walk. Yeah. So. I think that's when most people are listening to... Yeah. So you're safe with us, audiobooks and podcasts now. I it's know. like, I have to go for a quick... Uh, grocery store run exactly. in my car <laughs> i know yeah. i've even gone to like because i love listening to podcasts and audiobooks yeah. i've even gone to like just wearing my headphones while i'm doing the dishes and the kids try to talk to me because usually what i'm listening mm-hmm. to is inappropriate for them and i'm like yeah. mommy's doing her mommy time i'm cleaning get away from me <laughs> i'm like i need a second my dad actually was uh on our family zoom because yeah we're still doing that every single so week cool. it's been actually i think like maybe a really pretty huge accomplishment to, I'm impressed. to almost never miss a week like yeah. since march of last year yep and you have you've got a your huge five family. or your four siblings plus partners yep and parents nephews, and kiddos and all sorts of shenanigans but yeah my dad was telling me that my mom has those wireless earbuds or whatever and uh-huh. she loves this podcast and yeah. so he'll be talking to her a lot and she just won't respond and he's like hello and then she'll be like hmm? oh i'm listening to i'm listening to rom crime so oh. i think that's a thing well thank you all out there and yeah. of course our newest season or our most recent season vigilante mm-hmm. um this one's a good one this one actually 
my husband sent me like a long time ago right. when he sent it when um, we first started it. And then you were like, we should do this one. Yeah. Anyways, so we did. It is a good one. It's the um, story about Ken McElroy yeah. from Skidmore, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. yeah. Skidmore, Missouri. Yeah. In Nodaway County. Nodaway. Which just for some reason, I I love saying it. I know the way. Know the way. We're hearing good old I know the way. Do you know the way? I don't know if we, you know the way. We don't notice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But this is a really fascinating story, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of our very first vigilante story, which is, uh, which was the, the story of that town in India, right. where all of the women basically were like, "We will take no more of the suffering yeah, at the hands getting, of this like monster." Yeah, bully and they're, raped. Yeah, Ugh. and they, two hundred of them showed up, and they all killed him. Yeah. Kind of collectively, nobody really knows exactly who yeah. killed him. And but this takes place in the United States, yep. obviously in the eighties, in nineteen eighty one, yeah, July tenth, nineteen eighty one. And so that's forty years ago. So I guess it's a while ago. Yeah, but still, but still. I mean, it's like it's still nineteen eighty one. Yeah, and we're like, so this 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 uh, I want I want almost said this county, but the, maybe this county, this, county, this, yeah. uh, this city, no more so a town. It's a town. It, the population. One of my favorite things. We watched a documentary series. That's right. Called it's no on one the, saw a thing on the Sundance Channel. Yeah, yeah, and it's really well done. Um, but it's so funny because they constantly are showing the Skidmore, Missouri sign, but the population on it is not the same. It like, changes throughout, every but time. But it's never bigger than 486. Right. And I think the lowest we see in the documentary was it got down to like 206 or something. Oh, really? But I read I online that in 2019, the population in Skidmore, Missouri was like 187 people. Whoa. So people, this is a small town, guys, yeah. and getting smaller every day. That's right. And what was the first? Why? Why did people go to Skidmore? Like back in the in the days with you know with the covered wagons. I mean, people were looking for a better laugh. Yeah, was it just farming. It was, I think it was farming. It's like an agricultural community. It's in. I'm trying to think. I guess I didn't do any research on well, this part, it's but an I know hour like and Kansas half away from Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, which is where I went to college. But yeah. Kansas was um, considered the north. Mm-hmm. Like, and but I feel like Missouri was not. I have no idea. It so did I'm not when we when you watch this documentary that feels very if if it's not like south or whatnot, it feels very um it's rural. Yeah, rural. Thank you. It's super rural. It's yeah. a population of no more than four hundred people. So or four hundred and eighty people. That's just so wild. I yeah. can't it's hard for me to get that into my brain. Um so yeah, this uh, documentary kind of talks about like how the how how did this town hold a secret for forty years? Yeah, and how is it a town that like captured the attention of America for a minute? Yeah, and um and then recaptured and continues attention. to mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna tell you a little bit about that. But I guess um what you need to know about the folks of Skidmore, Missouri, is that they don't like outsiders, right? So it's like a closed knit super small town and if you happen to just like show up there you know because i don't know your car ran out of gas people were gonna look at you funny and they're gonna kind of be assholes and they were gonna be like you need to get out of here they were gonna yeah basically be like get the i wonder if it was always like that because it seems like once the media hit then people were just like i'm right but i feel like um what was his name the guy who had the band brit 
Britt Small, the vet, the Vietnam vet slash singer from the band Festival, mm-hmm. which I just love this guy. He's I know. He's very interesting. Um, but he moved to Skidmore mm-hmm. like when he was older. That's after true. he got back from the war and he said that the town did not like him because he was like a hippie dippy yeah. with his family and band they all, and yeah, they, they thought he was like band. a cult or all that stuff. So I think maybe it's always been that way. Yeah. I feel like, like they talk a lot about how the history of not necessarily Skidmore proper, but the the county that Skidmore, Missouri is in Nodaway County. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to come up with all the reasons why I need to say Nodaway County <laughs> um, has always been kind of a... A difficult place to be new mm-hmm. or be different. But they were able to buy like 100 acres or more. Mm-hmm. Some crazy amount yeah, of land. Yeah, for like nothing. Yeah. Because so. nobody lives there. <laughs> so right. Ken Rex McElroy, um, I guess he would have been what you call the town bully. Right. To me, it sounded way worse than bullying. It's true. But locals called him bad dog. Yeah. I and mean, he was apparently very like menacing physically, super tall, very big jet black hair, steel blue eyes that look like they were trying to kill yeah. your soul. I feel apparently, like someone said that. That's true. Yeah. And they would say, you know, that apparently he raped a six, a 15 year old girl and then he married her. So she couldn't testify against him. Mm-hmm. And then he also asked her parents for permission to marry her when they said, no, he burned their house down. That's and then he right. took her. So basically kidnapped her and took her over to Kansas city and married her there, and then she couldn't testify against him. Ugh. And um, that's just one of the things. He also... List them. Well, List I was going to say, he definitely shot someone in the yeah. town. Shot- well, more than one person. He shot a local farmer named Romaine Henry in the stomach with a shotgun. They- oh, yes. And then he also shot um, the grocer. Well, yeah. I mean, that is where the... I think that's, that's where, where the starts. Broke. But yeah. that Romaine... Because uh, there's a bunch of footage of them back yeah. in the day in the 80s. And this is when after he had healed from this gunshot wound. But um, he was telling... I probably like the one news outlet. And he was like, they said somebody was shooting and I drove down there and it was Ken McElroy with the shotgun. And he said, I was the dirtiest SOB that had been to his house with a white Pontiac. And I said, I don't even have a car like that. And then he shot me. I mean, that's like, yeah, these characters are ama- amazing. They are characters but you know, for sure. It's back in the day where you, it wasn't so much TV. I feel like everybody's accents are melding together now in yeah. the US. Like back then everybody was like kind of kept apart. But yeah, they, these people have very specific. Specific sounding they shot voices. they shoot him in the freaking stomach he gets to the um hospital and everybody's like oh yeah ken, ken Mac- you ran into ken McElroy. i'm sorry about that that's just unfortunate for you but yeah so he basically the he'd been kind of in and out of trouble with the law his whole life but mm-hmm. the crimes he'd been accused of were assault child molestation statutory yeah. rape arson and burglary and as we mentioned he married Trina McElroy. Yeah. Who was not the first wife. He's ha- He has like three wives. Yeah. And 16 children. Something like that. He was the 13th of 14 kids, oh, too. God, they yeah. mentioned that. But Trina, who was his wife when the incident in 1981 took place, was also... The she was 14 when he married her, 14, right? but she was the one that had accused him of oh. rape. And then he married her. And she was still married to him in 1981, which to me, I was just like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And then also... You know, he was abusive. Yeah. 
he towards her. Towards her. And her and the second wife lived together. Yeah, they, they were bigamists. He was yeah. married to both of them at the same time. And, yeah. you know, this is a religious town, too. You know, it's a town of only a couple hundred folks, but there's like several yeah. churches there. Yeah. And, and so, he just did whatever he wanted to yeah, do. He, he didn't care. A, he would steal. I had to look dude. it up. Um, McElroy had two dozen felony charges over the years. Cattle wrestling, hog wrestling, molesting a child, assault with intent to kill, burglary, theft, and on and on What's and on. What's cow wrestling? Okay, so both of them are, it's basically stealing the cow. Oh, okay. So like, he would be known to just take- Take people's cows? And then like, yeah. Yeah, I think he was, he was just a, he was a just crook. A, yeah, he was just a bad dude mm-hmm. and a mean dude, it sounds like. So not only was he a criminal, but he was mean. Yeah. So they they go to the court. When the court, um, he went to court, he had, he said, after the first guy gets shot mm-hmm. in the stomach- he said that he had two witnesses saying he was somewhere else, so he got let go. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy saw him shoot him. Yeah, and lived to tell the tale and was like, "This is where Ken Rex McElroy shot me." Yeah. But I think that it's what sounds like happened is is that Ken Rex got himself a big city lawyer. Mm. I can't remember. Oh, I have his name. Sorry, Richard McFadden from Kansas City. So he was like from the big city, and um, this guy was a slick talking, like expensive lawyer, and was able to really get. Ken Rex out of a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that really kind of s- really broke the town was the local grocer. His oh, name yeah. was um, Bo Bowencamp. And Ken Rex got it in his head that he had accused two yeah. of his daughters. Little girls, four-year-old girls, go yeah. into the grocery store. And steal bubble gum or something. And they probably did. And they probably did like kids do. But I guess when the grocer accused them of this, allegedly, I get Trina I, came in. Yeah. And she was like, Are you saying that you, you took my kids took my, some bubble gum from you? That's how she talked. And, yeah. and then she's like, and they're like, we don't know. We think, yeah. And then he, she comes back and she's like, well, get ready to meet Ken McElroy. Yeah, because... Uh, don't accuse our daughters of doing bad things because we have perfect angel kids. Yeah. So anyway, they start stalking this like grocer and his family sitting outside of his house, sitting outside of the grocery store. And then one day, Ken Rex McElroy walks around to the back of the grocery store where Bo, the grocer, older man, older gentleman for sure, is just sitting there kind of watching the world go by is yeah. what they say. And he shoots him in the neck. Yeah, he goes, you want to you want to fight or something like that? And... Ken just shoots him. Like right in the neck and then walks away. And then he is found like bleeding out. Like gurgling. The marshal finds him of the town. Yeah. Take they take him to the hospital and he does survive. But this time Ken Rex is charged with attempted mm-hmm. murder, right? Yep, he's arrested. Mm-hmm. But but gets out. They let him go because he, he bonded out or whatever. Yeah, right? he got out of jail on bond and everyone in the town was like, I mean, he shot the grocer. Yeah. Like and he's gonna keep going until he kills someone. You yeah. can't just keep shooting people and they live. Exactly. So the but town decides they have had enough exactly. and they have a little town meeting. Also, let me also ma- mention, he. so Ken threatens the marshal who's going up to testify against oh, all him. All the witnesses. All, he threatens yeah. them and says, you know, he was going to kill him if they testified against have him. Have you testified against him in the Bobo and Camp case? He was basically like, I will kill you and your family or burn your house down or yeah. all of the terrible things I do to you guys already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, there's a little town meeting. The sheriff, the town sheriff is there. His name is Danny Estes. His twin brother, Lanny, wasn't at the meeting. Danny Sorry. and Lanny. <laughs> I just can't get over it. I know. It. 
Um, I've decided that Lanny is the nickname for Laniel. <laughs> Daniel and Laniel. Daniel and Laniel Estes. Um, but the sheriff and several like people from the town got together to talk about what to do about Ken Rex McElroy. And then um, the sheriff leaves. This is what we are told mm-hmm. by the people of the city, or sorry, the town of Skidmore. And then word gets out that Ken and Trina are drinking at the local bar. And so everyone from the meeting and then several other people from the town, they all just decide this is it. We're we're taking care of this bully today. I would like to add some very inf- important information. Yes. It's like 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. They're at the D&G bar, mm-hmm. which looks so depressing. It's like a no, it's a windowless, no like. That's when you know it's. Something not good. Or, but they've been drinking in the morning, in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I know that happens, but like in a rural town, that's real. Sad. I'm like surprised they were allowed to serve alcohol before noon in Missouri. I don't know. The 80s were a... It was a different time. I guess. It's true. But I guess like the town kind of descends on the bar. Like all go in. Ken and Trina are like, this is a little strange. Yeah. It's 7 a.m. Normally we have the place to ourselves. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, sorry, I added that part. That's <laughs> fake. They didn't say that. So they end up leaving the bar after they finish their drinks. They get into their pickup truck. Somewhere around 60 people, they say, came out. Of the bar after them and stood on the street. And then several shots were fired. I believe four or more shots were fired. Mm-hmm. Ken Rex McRoy was shot in the back of the head through the back of his truck. Right. And um And Trina was sitting in the in the passenger. Trina was sitting in the passenger seat, freaked out. And uh when police arrived and were asking the people in the crowd, because there were lots of people there you know, who did this? No one saw a thing, Bon. No one said anything. Exactly. Except for Trina. Trina Tr- saw everything. Trina's like, I know who did it. But maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. Were they drunk? I don't know. But also, the, everyone in the town had, um, it was good for them if, if this guy wasn't around anymore. Right. I mean, there literally had been a meeting earlier in the day yeah. with the town sheriff about how to deal with this Ken Rex McRoy problem the town bully right um, and brit small says he's the he's such a character he's the one that's the vietnam vet he has long singer. hair yeah <laughs> and he's just a funny looking dude but he was like um if i if i was gonna kill him you know i would have done it they would have known it would have been right in between his eyes and yeah nobody there'd be no witnesses and everything would be burnt down and i'm yeah. like wow he's like the big mistake i'm pretty sure the documentary starts with him being like well their first mistake was they didn't kill his wife yeah that's, that's and true. i was like I'm sorry, what? What? Yeah. And so because... But, but they are correct. Because she definitely is... Uh, she causes lots of problems after watching a town yeah. murder her husband, um, which is fair, I guess. And you totally said it fair. right. Like, you know, he... She she was one of his, Ken McElroy's victims. victims and he groomed her. Yeah, because, man, she was still married to him, as we mentioned, and she defends him and does everything she can to try to find justice for her husband and a million millions of dollars too she's trying and for to money get, she's yeah she's uh but um but but brit was out in vegas at the time so he couldn't have been one yeah of the and ones. i think it was also the sheriff danny estes that was um brit tells about how like someone asked do you think it would be brit smalls because i guess nobody liked this ken rex mcelroy guy yeah. and he didn't seem to like anyone in the town but he's saying things like, I'd have shot his wife, you know, like, I don't yeah. make sure I'm not to burn his house down. And it would have been, you know, it's six o'clock in the morning when he first walked outside. No one would know a thing. But he yeah. said the other sheriff was, knew it wasn't him because if it had been him, it would have been straight between the yeah. eyes. And he hadn't, you know, was out of town. 
And he was out of town. He was doing the slots up in Vegas. As you do. Um, there's a bunch of other characters that are great. Kirby Gosley, fifth generation Skidmore resident and farmer. Um, he said, yeah, he was talking about how when law enforcement didn't do anything, that's why, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? We got uh, Mark a- Reinig, who is also a member of the band Festival. Oh. And seemed like a truly kind of thoughtful character. Like was clearly an outsider because that's where we you know, kind of learn about the town and not being cool with new people. But he seems genuinely like astounded by all of the things that happen in Skidmore, Missouri. We also meet Cheryl Bowencamp, which would be Bo Bowencamp, the grocer's daughter. She still lives there and she loves it. And she says that Skidmore's not that bad. She's funny. She is funny. And she also is the one, she said she was working at the store in the morning. They were Mm -hmm. doing some stocking or whatever. The mom went to go to the bank and they heard the shots and then she popped her head out because from the local store she could see. Right. And uh, she saw basically saw his head get shot. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is wild. And then I think we also meet a woman named Leona Hayes. That's right. Who's the resident from Skidmore who truly thinks that this is bullshit oh my gosh she's so she's funny like, she's like i never wanted to come to skidmore but my husband got a job here she was so funny. she hates skidmore she hates the people and she thinks that everything bad that happened in skidmore is karma for what the town did to ken That's rex right. mcelroy well and even Britt says the town was never the same after that right happened. well and what and the thing that you need to know is so after it happens right and the cops can't find any witnesses or or any guns or anything um and Trina is saying, like, I saw who shot my husband. She names, um, hold on, let me find it here because I do have it. She names a local farmer named Del Clement or Del Clement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess he was alibied out by other people of the town. Anyway, she gets her lawyer involved, the slick lawyer mm-hmm. from Kansas City, and they call the FBI because basically. They're like, the town isn't going to help. And the only reason the FBI can even come in is because they're now suggesting that maybe the sheriff, Danny Estes, not Lanny, Danny, um, might either have been directly involved in the killing or is helping to cover it up because of that meeting that he had attended the morning Mm. of the murder. And then the fact that he like left town was conveniently not there, Mm. but then also conveniently was the closest sheriff when the call came in to like go back to the scene. But the FBI comes in and they cannot find any concrete evidence to suggest that the sheriff was involved in the killing or in a cover up. But they also are able to come up with three people in the town that would talk. And they give those names to the Nodaway County prosecutor, David Baird. Oh, that's right. All right. So then Baird is like, okay, cool. We have three people who are willing to say they witnessed the shooting. Um, he convenes a grand jury to hear these. The testimony and the grand jury of the people of Nodaway County are like, nah, I don't I don't see any way to indict anybody on this and or insufficient evidence to file charges against whoever these people. They don't really ever give the names, even the so-called witnesses that they say existed. They don't tell us what they said. Um, And so the prosecutor's like, well, the grand jury didn't find sufficient evidence for charges and I'm just going to go ahead and we're going to just drop it. And then decides not to follow through with any prosecutorial charges. So that's a little strange, right? Because it's like a murder that happened in broad daylight while his wife was sitting next to him in the truck and could have just as easily been shot the way that they just fired into this truck. That's true. Um, 
but he he declined to prosecute the case, and uh, the town of Skidmore seemingly got away with murder. So when she knew she could no longer get any justice uh, through criminal charges, Trina and her fancy lawyer filed a civil lawsuit against um, Sheriff Danny Estes, Prosecutor David Baird, and the local farmer, Del Clement, that she said she saw shoot her husband for $5 million. Right. But... Um, out of fear of retaliation by the town, because apparently that's also why a lot of people wouldn't say they saw who shot him was not because they were like, "Woo, I got your back, buddy. But it was like, I don't want to get shot either and have nobody tell who shot me. So it was both like protecting the shooter and also fear of the shooter or er, shooters. Yeah, because we think we see this guy who is, quote unquote, the bully of the town who's just been terrorizing these people. Mm -hmm. Right. That's really what it seems like. And then the people say it's over. It's enough. We're going to get rid of him. They do. But even still, there's all this fear there. Yeah. It's like we're looking inside underneath the blanket to see that maybe Ken McElroy wasn't the only bad dude in the. Right. Or that maybe like the town of Skidmore has like just an ugly kind of violent foundation because. Trina actually ends up backing off of this civil suit. They settle out of court because she is too afraid to come and like go to court in yeah. Skidmore where she would have to do that for fear that they're going to try to kill her because they've been shoot. They, tr- they burned his house down. The town people burned her house down after they murdered her husband. They fired guns into the house where her kids were. Mm-hmm. And so she um, flees Skidmore settles out of court for a whopping $17,000. And then she left with her family, her kids, and never came back. Mm-hmm. And she did actually die in 2012 of cancer. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, she was only bad. 55. Oh, wow. Wait. Do I have that right? I think you said she was only 55 in yeah. 2012. So in 81, was she like 20 years old when she yeah. witnessed all this? Oh, yeah. She was young. She was definitely young. Because she was with him since she was... She was 14, 14, yeah. But, I mean, they had a couple... Apparently, she did find love again in the Ozarks. Yeah. But before. she also passed away yeah. in 2012 from cancer. But let's talk a little bit about Skidmore before, like, the violence before Ken Rex McElroy, mm-hmm. right? Because, as we mentioned, I think it's I think that's worth discussing. Like, if this is meant to be one of those vigilante justice stories that we like to tell, where it's like, this man was clearly bad, and he was. We got rape, we got arson, we got lots of attempted murder, and mm-hmm. he's stealing the agricultural people's, you know, livelihoods Shooting and just being people. a big old bully, you know, yeah. but he's really, he's a bad, bad, bad man. I don't yeah. think that's a lie. I think and that's all true. he never picked on anybody who could like fight back. Fight back, right. It seemingly he like. Picked on kids and women and I mean, he beat his wife, you know, like we are not, this was a bad guy, but it does beg the question, I think, as you get deeper into this. The fear that the town, the townspeople had of the people who killed Ken Rex McElroy, it wasn't all protection. It was fear. Yeah. The fact that they did things like burn his house down after they killed him, the place where his wife and children lived. It was like there was yeah. a meanness to this town. Yeah. We don't know where it was from. I, I kept thinking, oh, are there some young psycho like teenagers who were just like, but maybe not. Maybe it was just like people get on and it comes from fear. It, it, yeah. Like that kind of behavior comes from fear. But then in the documentary that we were watching, um, no one saw a thing on Sundance Channel. They go back to talk about an instance in 1931, like when the town kind of just had formed of yeah. a vigilante style lynching. Uh, so upsetting. Yeah. And I actually don't have like, the information on that because I was I so upset it. by it. It is incredibly upsetting. But they kind of talk about how 
specifically Nodaway County was kind of built on violence and an ugliness and a belief that like you just do what you got to right, do to make the us. town the way you want it to be. So <sighs> when we go back to like outsiders not being welcomed. Yeah. And I guess we should mention that the like mainstream media caught wind of this murder and this crazy story and they descended. Oh yeah, upon Ken Leroy's story. Yeah. It like still the town people come to to look. Yeah. Um so that is a big part of I think why they don't like outsiders as they're talking about, you know, the news media. But right. we also Brit Smalls and um Reinig, what was his first name? Mark who were in the band festival, you know, they talk about how the town wasn't welcoming at all. And we know that that goes way back. So the story that they tell in the documentary is the story of Raymond Gunn. So in December of 1930, school teacher Velma Coulter was found murdered in the schoolhouse. And basically, there was several people that said they saw a black man There were several black men that the police picked up, but only one of them had a record and it was for attempted murder. And his name was Raymond Gunn. And I guess he did actually confess to the killing. He did. He confessed. Hmm. And he explained exactly how it happened. And um, he had seen her. He went in. I think he like attempted to maybe have sex with her. And she said no. And then he killed her. So en route from jail to the courthouse or his trial, the Nodaway sheriff at the time was transporting him, drove his car into a huge mob of people that were like blocking the street. When the sheriff opened the car door, he was pulled out by several of the people in the mob and told, you either join us or you're, you die with this man. And then they drag Raymond Gunn from the car. They then march Raymond Gunn from where they caught him in the car on the street all the way to the schoolhouse where Velma had been murdered which also the schoolhouse was built in the year of 1930 yeah so new new school new schoolhouse they took out all the desks and chairs and furniture and put them on the lawn of the schoolhouse they then took raymond up to the roof and tied him to a pole then they doused the building and him with gasoline and lit it on fire and according to wikipedia the mob at this point had grown anywhere from anywhere to Two to 4,000 people. Where do they come from? All over Nodaway County. I mean, that might be exaggerated, yeah. but that is what Wikipedia said. Um, and they all stood there and watched Raymond Gunn get lit on fire Ew. and die an agonizing death. And it took 11 minutes for him to die. That's disgusting. And it took 16 minutes for the roof to collapse. And apparently, the good fine folk of Nodaway County, uh, several of them took pieces of like burnt roof or burnt school building home as souvenirs so to weird to commemorate what they had seen so this this county has been dealing with like their own law yeah they're kind of vigilante a- justice there's there's a history of that yeah in Nodaway County and does that ultimately you know we take we take you back to 1931 and then we take you to 1981 mm-hmm. and you know there is There is correlation, I think, to those stories. And so when the town of Skidmore, Missouri in 1981 killed the town bully collectively and covered it up, couldn't even, the FBI couldn't even solve, couldn't, nobody said or saw a thing. What does that do to the children of those people? You know, like, what does that teach you, tell you, what kind of 
What sense does that give you in terms of like safety and fairness and justice and what's right and what's wrong? And what happens to a town after, you know, like, and I love this documentary because Mm -hmm. it's going to explore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it is. It's fascinating. And you know, when I think of vigilante, I this season I've been loving because I'm like, yeah, we're gonna they're gonna get theirs. But this one has me more confused than some other of the other episodes because I'm like, hmm, I feel like there were some serious repercussions. We didn't just get rid of a problem, which is definitely not the right way to think of it. But that is sometimes right. how I think. I'm like, they like in India, they killed the man that who's raping and killing all right, the women, and the town and, has been better for it and better for it. But yeah, but this one's But more this one doesn't seem like they're better understand. for it. And then one thing that I feel like was said in the documentary that just kind of reverberated, right? Like this guy was awful. No one's arguing that. But it was just him versus 60 men and women or whatever that shot at him from behind. Oh, yeah. You know, and so it wasn't it wasn't a fair fight, I guess, is the way that this person in the doc, which is just one of the residents of Skidmore says, you know, and vigilante justice, you know, is legally wrong. Mm -hmm. And in this case, I really do kind of I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I think these people should have kept quiet. Yeah, it's true. If they would have just said, listen, he was torturing us. Yeah. And so let the person who killed him go to trial and maybe Mm -hmm. get off for like justifiable homicide. Yeah. Instead of lying and covering it Mm -hmm. up and having to hold all that ugliness and making on also having like your town then become under a microscope. And mm-hmm. what does that do to a tiny rural town in the middle of nowhere? You know, exactly. And you could never get away with something like that today. Cause there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Somebody, also, I don't think they allow bars to be open that early. Maybe they do in the old towns. Yeah. Maybe. That'd be real sad. We were driving across the country this year and there were some towns that when we were early morning, I don't know. Here's the thing. I love bar culture. I'm like, it's so fun. You know? So I always think of it as a place to like, commune but definitely in some areas this there's the sad um i don't know monster of addiction yeah really can take over people too. and also just like a windowless yeah room, you just, know like part of me is like oh no that's that feels like a trap yeah <laughs> exactly you know like exactly. that feels like a trap in like, all as a of woman, the ways never no go into that spot, so yeah. So Thank what do you, you guys, guys yeah. think? We can't wait to hear what you what you all think on this. This one's going to stick with me, I think. Yeah. I think we'll probably revisit yeah. the town of Skidmore mm. when we talk about, you know. The effects. The, the effects of That's vigilantism. True. Yeah. The effects of, honestly, I think even maybe more so, secrets. Holding yeah. secrets. Oppre- Absolutely. Oppression. I think you're right. So, I think you're 100% right. We will talk to you guys next week. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. We love you as always. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rom Crime Vigilante. We have new episodes out every Friday, so feel free to subscribe if you want to follow along with us. You can also follow us on Instagram at Rom Crime. That is R-O-M-C-R-I-M-E. Or you can email us at romcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. 